at lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast where George Carlin's seven words you can never say on television don't apply. And my name is Larry Wu. I'm Curtis Withers. No, we, we can say them all on this show. We just choose not to. Well, it's kind of like the Jerry Seinfeld thing, right? Like, didn't he explicitly say, I, I'm not swearing in any of my comedy sketch, at least his um, uh, stand up, right? Yeah, I think that was a, a conscious uh, choice, you know. He just uh, thought he thought uh, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work clean. Yep. But but Curtis, have you ever thought about like the origins of of, of these words? Right. Like they they they're just part of just kind of everyday vernacularism, and and we use them, you know, because we're just they're learned, right? You 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 see it in movies, TV, and your parents say it or or whatever. And just where do these words suddenly come from that have this impact, right? Mm-hmm. So you and I kind of, this is not one of our headlines, but I found this interesting article about the history of swearing. Um, and it's not just the, the, the S word or, or the F word, but just some really interesting old, old swear words that were probably have been around like way longer than we've been around. But uh, we thought we'd just kind of take everybody through some of them just so we have like a little, you know, little history lesson. Yeah, there's uh, some uh, some pretty interesting o- older ones that uh, have kind of fallen out of favor, I guess, by today's standards. Yeah, like like the first one, I, the first one that they talk about is gadzooks. So, like, how do you how do you say that without sounding like you're from the Fred Flintstone uh, gang? But uh, yeah, so in 1606, Parliament passed a law making it illegal to jestingly or profanely use god's name on the stage so i guess this was used um as as you know like a a thing that god did by mistake i guess <laughs> in the renaissance years yeah um what, what is it as gadzooks was like god god's god's hooks by god's hooks by god's hooks and then yeah. became or, or by the nails of christ's cross right like yes that. yeah and that's like you know, like you know how you get exposed if you live in Canada, if you if you if you've been in Ottawa for any amount of time, you get exposed sometimes to the to the to the Quebecois swearing, mm-hmm. and it's all still like religion religion based, right? You know, tabernacle and all that kind of stuff. And I guess like that was the case in uh, in English as well until things became much more <laughs> vulgar and and sexualized in the swearing or 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 just unfortunate bodily functions that just became the the uh the norm right 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 so so the, in in 19 in this one's probably lasted probably the longest at all in 1388 arsehole came into the, into the english language still going strong still going strong that definitely um I think it still has its uh, the the uh, the original origins, right? Like for it's it's the word for ass or donkey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Do you yeah. use that one quite? I think I still use that one quite a bit. 
arsehole or 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 asshole i guess if yeah you're... yeah like i i don't you know I, i'm i'm not gonna use the old english word arse but uh yeah. I I I, I kind of got into arse when I lived in England. I was like, I kind of prefer arse to ass, so I I kind of switched over. But um, I use it. I use it occasionally. I don't know. I haven't had. I guess I haven't had occasion to call anybody an arse or asshole in some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Well, I kind of. I I I think I I think I use it because it's 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 a swear word, but it's not. It's not one that if you said it, people like look at you weird mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, I'm sure if I shouted it in a, in a crowded room, <laughs> it'd be one thing, but yeah. And, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's evocative, like, you know, obviously, um, but like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like middling in its, in, in, in its vulgarity, in my opinion, like you can kind of get away with saying it and it's not. You know, it's not a showstopper, so, so to speak. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the the question, the Monty Python question: What have the Romans done for us lately? Apparently, they provided us with the shit word. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they had a different term for it, but I think they used it as like a verb, like to shit. Mm-hmm. Like I guess from the noun murder. Uh, so I guess it was uh, used in in poems basically you know in in some cases like no one no one could touch it it was shit (laughs) (laughs) um but in 1509 uh john stanbridge proclaimed i am weary of study i am weary of my life i am almost beshetten so i guess it it started to kind of came back into anglo-saxon yeah age back then but yeah yeah uh, yeah that's that's almost had a long-term run i guess it's it's yeah that's that's uh that's a pretty a, a pretty good run for uh, for shit which like you know like uh i was i was telling you that i watched uh, uh black widow on on disney plus and um you know so this is disney i know that it's like you know like you know still pg13 or whatever but like you know shit is used quite liberally in that movie and uh and you know i think it's kind of on its way to becoming like in the Simpsons, you know, like, like that sort of, like, you know, like bastard and bitch are in the Simpsons and they make jokes about it. And that wouldn't have happened maybe in the fifties. And I think like by, I'm going to say, uh, 2030, you might hear shit on like Teletoon or something like that. You know, like, I think it's just kind of going in that way. It'll take a lot longer for the F word. Yeah. If ever. Here's another one that's that's kind of like it's probably used on TV way more than it was. It's definitely in uh, Game of Thrones is uh, the word bastard, right? The word bastard is uh, derived from the old French fil de baste, roughly child born in a barn, used to describe the illegitimate love child of a noble born out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, thanks, yeah. French. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there are so many because there are so many uh, bastards like that. You know, like you, you can people in in when in Britain that was a big one too. Like people would say he's a real bastard, and you get that like so, and they just mean that he's an he's an asshole or an arsehole. But in uh, Game of Thrones, like you know, the bastards are actual bastards. <laughs> There's so many of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Were anybody married? 
Like that's what it comes down to. It is, yeah, it's very few, very, very, very few uh, born in wedlock in, in George R. R. Martin's universe. On this list, was there one that uh, you wanted to talk about? I, 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 yeah, we were... there, there was. Like there was some because uh, Cockney rhyming slang. Um, you know, you can get some. You can get some. Uh, you know, you can get you can get some innocuous phrases. You can also get some swear words. So when I was a kid, my dad used to call my brother and I Burke. Oh, you Burke! He's because he's he's from London, and you'd be like you Burke. And you know, Kevin and I, we thought it was funny. It was like Burke. That's a pretty funny, funny thing to call us. It's pretty harmless. And then I got a book when I was like maybe twenty of Cockney rhyming slang, yeah. and it was like Burke is short for Berkshire Hunt, which is Cockney rhyming slang for "See you next Tuesday." Um, you know, the big, the big C. And so, <laughs> well, my so my dad was calling my brother and I the big C like <laughs> while we were kids. And I confronted him on this and he just started laughing. He was laughing so hard like that, that he started to like tear up. Because <laughs> he, he, he thought he was getting away way with it for all these years, he which did. he was. He did. He got away with it for two decades. <laughs> and oh. then, he was, then, he, then he was laughing. He was just kind of like sheepish and laughing when, when I confronted him on it. I was, I was laughing too. Like that's pretty hilarious, but yeah, all that but, time. But that, that's, the, that's, it's kind of funny because in these days um, I'm using quite a few, I don't know if they're actually Italian uh, swear words. Um, I, I use two and, and they're not meant to besmirch Italians at all, which I think the first one originally was, is I call instead of asshole, or jerk i i call people chachis but the way i view it is you're a chachi or you're fonzie right yeah. and, and 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 you don't want to be a chachi because you want to be a fonzie so I, I do people i do call people chachis but i think it's actually a derogatory term for italians so i but i try to just say it not in front of uh too many people but yeah. uh but there is one uh that I that I use, um, and I just wanted to make sure I, I get the definition for it. Um, is uh, Mama Luke? <laughs> I've heard I've heard of it, and I don't know really much about it. But like, hey, Mama Luke, exactly. And and I think I think like New York Italians use it quite a bit. I I couldn't tell you what it means, but it just sounds cool. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it, I think it also I think it basically means like fool, right? Like you're 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 just kind of like. I guess it's no different than the Burke, right? <laughs> the yeah, Italian yeah. Burke, equivalent yeah. of Burke. Like it's just something that you call, like, oh, don't be this, you know, and, and it'd be like, yeah, don't be a Mama Luke or whatever. <laughs> um, but I figured, you know, but uh, obviously the big, the big one that's still scary for everyone, the the F word. Again, thank you for the Romans. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess the the origins apparently in Rome, the term. Futuo, F-U-T-U-O, uh, wasn't always a bad thing. Uh, it was it was apparently scribbled proudly on brothel walls. <laughs> uh, the worst insult a, a Roman man could dish out to another was not so much the F word, but to but but uh, to threaten them with sexual assault and accuse them of being sexually submissive to women. So apparently, I guess that's where the original saying came from. 
Hmm. Not necessarily uh, the uh, was it was was it a uh, album name for a Van Halen uh, album? Uh, yeah, uh, for uh, unlawful uh, carnal knowledge or something yeah, like that. I remember someone telling me in high school, "Oh, that's what that's where it came from." I'm like, from Van Halen. <laughs> 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 but no, thank you for the Romans. So there you go. There's there's our history lesson for uh, for the episode. Last last time we were talking about the origins of Saskatchewan, but now, uh... yeah, this is a little bit more interesting. No offense, Saskatchewan. <laughs> You're right. Um, but here's something really interesting. Or there's gonna be there's already a lot of swearing as it is because I heard that there was already a case in the Olympic Village is the Tokyo Olympics. I'm sure a lot of swearing was going on. Uh, across all the world when they heard that. Um, so the Olympics are going to start in Tokyo. They were delayed a year. Um, a lot of, well, maybe not, I don't know if a lot, but definitely Canada's um, uh, tennis superstar, Andrescu, has decided to step away from the Olympics, basically saying, yeah, there's no way. I'm a pro. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm, well, yeah it, it remind her, her comment uh, reminded me of uh remember that episode that character in uh the flintstones the the uh the super spy i'm too important to be captured <laughs> and she leaves out of some kind of secret door <laughs> um well she's not the only uh a uh, top flight canadian tennis player not to go dennis shapovalov also hmm. uh said no thanks um yeah you know quite a few tennis players i think have decided against it uh but I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I think it'll get pulled off. They'll pull it off, obviously. But they've already had a positive test in the athletes' village. There's going to be more. Um, there, the, the, the other uh, crazy story. I don't know what's happened. I haven't followed up on it. But there was a uh, Ugandan weightlifter who is stationed in. I think I think their team was was stationed in Osaka Prefecture. And he just went missing, so he's just out, out and around, or like, or somewhere, you know. And these guys are supposed to be, yeah, they're supposed contained. to be in a bubble, right? Yeah, oh. and he's just, he was just gone. He didn't show up for like some test, and they went to his room, and he wasn't there. He's gone, in amongst the locals. So he's, there's going to be a lot of stories like that throughout this thing. Oh, it's just, oh my God, it's just going to be so insane. I, I do I do enjoy watching the Summer Olympics, but it, this one's just going to be weird because you're going to be watching mm-hmm. for the athleticism and your sport of choice and whatnot, and then you're going to be watching after the games as, you know, it's just running rampant and wild because I'm sure, despite the fact that they keep saying, oh, we're testing like crazy, I guess they, they found the one as a result of testing, but... Why even allow them to leave? You know what I mean? Like, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I've said. I think I've said before on this podcast that they shouldn't be holding it. Like it's oh, it's, it's insane. Oh, especially I, I and I didn't realize how bad things were in Japan. But I guess whether the rollout of vaccines or their purchasing of vaccines, or I don't know if it's hesitancy. I I, I would have thought. Uh, Japan would have been ahead of the game, but uh. yeah, surprisingly, surprisingly not. You know, it's it's been a, kind of a weird time for Japan too. Like I can tell you, sort of from 
like uh, from an insider's perspective, trying to set up our staff to go and cover the Olympics, it's been like hugely disorganized. And there's these there's these apps that you're supposed to have, you know, like like sort of like health and health and safety apps and and health reporting apps, and nobody can get on them and stuff. And then they said, well, it doesn't matter if you can get on any of this stuff as long as you have this pledge. So our reporters are all carrying around a pledge, which is entirely in Japanese. None of them can read it. <laughs> you, you don't have to sign it. If they had to sign it, I would have said, like, no, no, we had a meeting about this. And they, they were talking about this pledge. And I said, wait a second. Is it all in Japanese? And do they have to sign it? Because I would be worried, right? Like, if I couldn't read it and I had to sign it. But as long, but you don't have to sign it. You just have to have it. It's like a, okay. like having a diners club card, right? Like you just you just whip it out, and you know then you you can you can just go about your business or whatever. So so did they actually call it an oath or do they is it a pledge? Uh, a pledge. They call it a pledge. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm sure they would. They probably also have like um, instructions for the athletes on how to stay safe. I, I found this article, uh, it's in, it's from the Toronto star and it, it it's, it, it was talking about, um, uh, safety while going to like concert venues and things like that. And one of the points in the article was how to stay safe in a mosh pit. Um, for, so a few things there, do they still call it mosh pit? Yeah. And has a mosh pit ever been safe? <laughs> with anything so here we go curtis if you were to you know go to I, I still don't understand what band has a mosh pit these days i guess unless you're the foo fighters but i don't know okay so how to stay safe in a mosh pit in toronto curtis actively normalize wearing a mask in concerts and any other public space so more people will feel comfortable following masking guidelines you know, if you get there and there's no one else wearing a mask, if you really want to wear a mask, you'll feel weird being the only one with a mask on. But encouraging others to take precautions, I think, will be extraordinarily powerful. So basically, if you you're 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 almost telling kids, you know, oh, it's let people dictate aren't young people already told or they they people participating in mosh pits are ones that basically say i don't care what people think about me yeah but uh yeah i don't i don't know how that's i don't know how that's being how how that's telling me how to be safe but i guess just yeah cool kids do you it's kind of just telling you sort of like like sort of like basic principles that are applied outside of the mosh pit as well as in like i it's not mosh pit specific that, uh, but the funny thing is it, 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 you, when you, when you read it, when you read that tip, it almost reads like a, uh, eighties, nineties, don't do drugs. PSA. <laughs> like yeah. it just, it's like, it's written by someone who's, who's trying to remember what it was like to be a kid. And maybe yeah. that's why they, they brought up mosh pit. Cause it was written by someone like our age when, I don't know. Is there, is there a mosh pit at Drake concert? Taylor Swift concerts can sometimes get a bit out of hand. Oh, okay. How yeah. about BTS? They are the biggest band in the world, BTS. right? Like, is there is there a mosh pit in the BTS concert? Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Just just like the 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 fans trying to get near the stage, you know, 
Yeah. Well, it's going to cause a mosh pit, a mosh pit just just from the onrush of, you know, young girls trying to get close to, to the stage for BTS. For Do B- you even uh, here, here's a trivia, here, not a trivia question, but here's a question for you, Curtis. Do you even know a BTS song? I don't know a BTS song. I know more about the BTS inspired uh, sauces at McDonald's. <laughs> than I do about BTS's music. And I'll say, I'll say, I I am all for BTS. You know, I don't know their music, but I have no problem with them. I love the fact that they're super popular in in North America. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, the United States is so inward looking when it comes to pop culture, like anything they don't produce or, you know, to a lesser extent, Britain, I guess you know, they won't consider. So I, I love it. I love it because it pisses people off. The fact that BTS is popular pisses a lot of people off and, and I'm here for it. <laughs> um, there was one great comment about this, uh, how to be safe in a mosh pit. And this is, this, this is a great sarcasm here. Thank you, internet. Don't stop interneting. Oh yeah. I can absolutely see concert and mosh pit deprived metal fans stopping their cathartic release of rage mid-song to have a level-headed chat about wearing a mask <laughs> it's true right that comment, <laughs> that comment is 100 right oh yeah <laughs> love it just love it don't stop internet don't stop so uh, well we will be taking a small break from the podcast because you are i guess technically you are off to the olympics uh but here in toronto but yeah you'll be working like tokyo type hours tokyo time i'll be on tokyo time covering uh coordinating coverage uh for the olympics yeah so all right so so stock up on uh on your coffee and other stimulants to kind of keep you going in the middle of night curtis so we're i've got a a whole bunch of pocky (laughs) oh good call yeah strawberry and and chocolate you should get the um was it the the it's like the dark chocolate pocky it is actually called i don't know if anymore but it used to be called pocky for men <laughs> because it was so distinguished right like the, it, the only men could have this particular pocky and i kind of went well what's what's the deal with it and it was just because it was dark chocolate it was like i don't know well i mean i am a man and i would enjoy that so i guess it's not <laughs> yeah you know a little 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 uh, little tumbler of centauri and your yep, yep. hockey for men. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Suntory man, like they have, they have the market cornered. When I was in Tokyo, like they had, like every street corner has a vending machine where you can get Suntory, like uh, iced coffee, hot, like this sort of weird sort of hot coffee that comes out of it. Uh, juice, water, you know, they're not just whiskey. I thought, and I thought they were from uh, from um, what's that? Uh, Lost in translation. They they have they have it all, man. They full line. Can can I get some Centauri uh, ramen, like a little instant ramen? Maybe, Centauri. maybe. Like the stuff I saw was like really, really sort of beverage based. But I, yeah. if if they did have like if anybody had it, it would be probably be them. They they'd uh, they'd have their um, own instant ramen for relaxing times. <laughs> try centauri time you know what I, actually I, I just just on that note it is very good whiskey if if you if you if you are in that whiskey mood curtis it's not a cheap 
whiskey. Like I think a bottle is about eighty dollars. It is very very good. I I I did I do enjoy it. I've heard good. Th- I've heard good things. I don't I don't know. If but I now I, now that you tell me they have coffee, I'm like, Phew. oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. They, have, they have an entire range of beverage products, and they're and they're accessible at every street corner pretty much. And the and the, the great thing is is that because uh in Japan, you know, like I. I found this out kind of the hard way, you know, like what being, being listed like the boorish North American and drinking my Starbucks and walking down and walking down like the road in, uh, in, in Shinjuku. Like what you do is you go, you go to that, to that, uh, to that vending machine, you smoke your cigarette, you drink your coffee, you, but you don't move from the vending machine. And then you throw everything out in receptacle provided at the vending machine. And then you walk. It's, I think I, I, no one ever said anything expressly to me, but I it, I got the feeling that it's considered quite gauche to to just walk down the road, just hauling off on a Suntory coffee, like you're supposed to sort of just be in your space, consume it there, and then and then progress. Totally, totally googling it the, <laughs> after the after the after the recording. Um, all right, so uh, yeah, so good luck with the with the Olympics, and uh, yeah. we'll be watching for sure. So why don't we head on to the headlines? A new epidemic is raging through Springfield, and this one didn't start with Krusty Burger's Whatchamacarcus sandwich. This is an interesting headline. This was uh, an article from Now Magazine, which is it in print still? Can you can one just go off and get one off the street anymore? Like, is it? Hmm. They must be still in print, right? I, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, so now magazine, you know, it's popular for you know, if if in your twenties you're 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 reading it constantly, but they had an article um, inside one of Toronto's last video stores. So a, I didn't realize we had any, but uh, yeah, there's this store, um, Bay Street Video. Um, for one thing, it's just nuts, right? Like. Considering you can get any and all movies, well, mostly at the at the edge of your fingertips, computer tip, uh, whatever on your device, phone, whatever, uh, yeah, it, it's it's still going strong. Um, I don't know if I'd ever visit it because I I I'm done with hard media, right? Because mm. the biggest issue I ever had was, and this is more from VHS maybe less so with dvd and 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 blu-ray but it's a format that's it was just too fragile to be passed around yeah yeah like i think when you got to like the uh the discs it wasn't so bad i mean they could get scratched up or whatever but like yeah those vhs tapes they'd get warped you know you, you could loan them to a buddy and he'd leave it like on the back on the back seat of his like irock Z in the summer mm. and then it was unwatchable the tape just gets stretched after a while tapes get eaten by your by your vcr they get caught in your vcr yeah i wasn't a big fan but uh but 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 like i mean it was my main mode of watching movies for years oh oh yeah for sure and i i think the this guy has positioned himself well, right? Like they, they do staff picks and he does a good job cataloging everything. And I think he's got like a, 
a little note almost behind every single movie about what you're looking for. I guess trying to provide that personal touch because I guess that's the one thing that I, I found about Netflix or anything else. If you're unsure about what you're wanting to watch or you're, you don't have it in mind and you're just looking, browsing through is tough. Yeah. Uh, versus if you went into a video store, like I'm, I'm kind of going by when I was a kid like a teenager going through Blockbuster or whatever the video store was. And you'd see the cover and you'd stop, pick it up and you'd read it. And I remember one of the first movies I actually did this just because it's like, what is this cover? It's the most insane thing. And it was Death Race 2000. <laughs> I rented it. <laughs> I was like, I had no idea what it was. Uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it at a, you know, teenage ironic oh, yeah. level. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I guess that's the one thing that I guess uh, you kind of miss in the direct access Netflix world we live in. Is I, I think so, yeah. Like it, I, I was just thinking when you were talking, I've, I've seen this video store before. You know, I've never been inside, but I've passed it a bunch of times. Um, but like when you were talking, I was like, I used to love going to like Suspect Video and Queen Video. Even Blockbuster when I lived in Georgetown when I was growing growing up in Georgetown because like that was you know the only game in town, um, but yeah I used to love going in there and browsing and you know asking asking for suggestions and stuff like that and it is you don't you it is something that's lost mm -hmm. and I thought that maybe some more some of those video stores would stay around for that very reason. You know, but but and I guess this guy has that. Uh, but uh, like I thought, like oh well, there will probably always be a place for Queen Video because, like you know, there will always be that sort of like Criterion Collection loving hipster sort of guy who doesn't want to doesn't want to you know be be a slave to streaming services and stuff. But I guess there's just not enough of them. Yeah, um, you know, or or the guy who wants to watch the. Uh... Bulgarian release of Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. We watched this movie one time. Uh, I think uh, called um, Amps Amsterdam, mm -hmm. and it was it was like a Dutch. It was a Dutch action <laughs> movie. Oh man, <laughs> it was, and it ends. It's like it's like basically the Dutch French Connection because it ends with a massive boat chase through the um you know canals of amsterdam <laughs> rather than sort of like you know like 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 through the streets of i can't even remember where the french connection was new york i'm gonna say new york but like yeah it was uh it was and it was a great pick and it was like and it was it was you know dutch with english subtitles and it was flagged by the staff as like if you like action movies check this out Check out this Dutch action movie. I'm, I'm just digging up a a, a a movie that I found as a teenager, and then they redid the movie, and I I actually have you were saying hipster collection uh, Criterion edition, so I, I this movie is uh it's called Solaris, but this is the 1972 Andre. Tarkovsky's version, not the Soderbergh 
it was i think the soderbergh one was really bad this yeah. this one was pretty good like it's it's kind of out there but yeah it, it's total criterion edition <laughs> hipster i don't know how many discs this was but uh but you're right you would never i i i just i wouldn't have found this unless i was just browsing and just came across this and it was in the sci-fi section like foreign sci-fi i'm like okay and then i was kind of like reading about it and i was like oh well that's interesting enough um there's also things that i have in my dvd collection that um i don't i don't think any of the streaming services will ever have it and i'm just waiting for some collector to pay me absurd amounts of money for it and just gonna grab and dig it out for a second here it's over on this shelf and this is uh the tv show the prisoner oh yeah 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 so i have all is it eight eight dvds eight dvds of the of the original tv show um uh, <laughs> yeah just obscure stuff that you wouldn't like I, I you couldn't find this stuff on any of the streaming but uh great stuff but you would find it at, at stores like this bay street store or any other like queen video and places like that but you're right like i think it was tough because there wasn't enough of those hipster people i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but I, I think that's what they would have had to do and i but i think this guy's library is pretty extent like i think he he probably went out and just wherever he could buy up whatever he could find um yeah, well, I'm. I'm glad to know that. I'm glad to know that that you know that store exists. I'm glad to know that one of those stores still makes it because, like, I just think I just think that there is that there's there's still a niche market for that. You know, well, I, would, I would I would hate I would hate for that not to exist. You know, and the thing is, the way even though the the different streaming services are putting out their IP. It's it's not everything like like the, I just showed two movies that oh I'd love to watch this I can't do it in my you know instant gratification <laughs> instant access streaming services right now because it's whoever owns it has not given the rights to whomever to stream it right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's uh it's it's pretty crazy uh, let's move on to our next uh, Toronto headline this hey our lot our, our headlines this week are very Toronto centric maybe uh, quite apt about mm-hmm. our city um. Remember, I think it was our last episode, we talked about uh, Doug Ford slipping up during his press conference and saying, oh, in step three, well, we're more or less, everything's open by then. Step three is basically gyms and strip joints. Well, here we are, step three, Curtis. Yeah, that's right. Fillmore's says, no vaccine, no entry as strip clubs set to reopen. Um they have a photo of three performers in front of Fillmore's hotel and their marquee says, I guess they're going to open a little later Tuesday, August 4th. It's masks on clothes off time. (laughs) Sexy. (laughs) Doesn't get much sexier than that. But, uh, with, but basically Fillmore's is saying something that you and I were going, it's probably going to come they're not saying show me your um, vaccine passport, but they're basically saying if you're not fully vaxxed, then you're not coming in. Did Was I um, right to understand too that Fillmore's not only 
are they open and taking a pro-vaccine stance, but that they actually had a vaccination clinic. Ah, see, that was another... <laughs> I don't know how I know, but uh, no, uh, it was the general manager or I don't know if she's the general manager or the owner or both of Zanzibar. Oh. And she was promoting a vaccine clinic for sex workers. Right. Okay. But, okay. you know, sex workers covering the entire spectrum, not just prostitution, sex workers. Um, and yeah. So that, that was great. You know, no, but I, but, but it's interesting to see, Fillmore's also taking the stance because honestly, like Fillmore's is kind of one of those sketchier strip joints. It's not. It, it's it is like when I'm in that area, I'm 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 there I'm there I'm there for the smokes poutineery and the George's barbecue chicken, man. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I was actually I have been in it. You know, like in, in, I think we were talking about this in our yeah. younger days. I know somebody we knew had a stag there, or 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 it was a stop there. I because yeah. yeah, you and I were trying to go back in memory and say we we both were in there at the same time but we didn't just go there and say hey let's go to Fillmore's." <laughs> um you know uh, i'm glad so that i can actually say that i've been to a toronto quote-unquote institution but uh yeah you will need proof of vaccination before you can get up close and personal with a dancer so maybe you're allowed to go in but you can't have like a dance like you can't pay for one i guess you can go inside maybe yeah um but the owner how yeah, are the owner? Oh, sorry. sorry. No, sorry. no, you go ahead. Sorry about that. I just, I was just wondering how. I guess is that what you're going to say next? Like how they're going to enforce it? Well, I was going to bring up that point too, but yeah, why don't, why don't we talk about that? Uh, everyone in Ontario got that little piece of paper PDF, and I think you can go on to the Ontario website to download it or whatever. But yeah. that would be the the only thing that they've ever issued. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing for both you and I is. Our second receipt doesn't say what we had the first shot. That's right? right. It just says two doses and the last shot you got, and that was it. So, um, so I I guess that's what they can show as proof or something. But uh, no, the um, uh, the manager. Uh, of Fillmore's basically quoted here, we want our staff to be safe. We were the first industry to shut down and the last to reopen. Um, but they apparently they're not the only uh, strip joint taking this. Um, sorry, should I say club? Uh, gentlemen's ballet yeah, taking yeah. this stance. Uh, I, I guess they have this I, I, is it a union or a, a collection of these clubs that are adopting the same approach. Um, but they're also like, they're saying everybody, they're dancers, doormen, bartenders, everyone is fully vaccinated and, and if, if they want to work there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we all remember what happened last time with the, uh, the brass rail contract trace fiasco, which, um, I, as in a shameless plug, the corporate Valentine's wrote a song about. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so I mean, it's in it's in their best interest, I guess, to uh, to 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 not have that happen again. Yeah. So apparently, we usually only card people who look twenty five and under. We now check everyone. As for showing proof of vaccination, Cameron said that his club 
doesn't have the ability to verify that someone vaccine certificate is authentic. So he's calling on the provincial government to come up with a system. So who knew <laughs> that the that the collection of gentlemen's ballet clubs would be the one of the people lobbying for a vaccine passport? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, good on them. Or or can you just not I mean you have one, right? Like the the yellow vaccine card, right? I, I, I think I got one when I was a kid and it says you're, Oh, you're oh yeah MMR and, and booklet. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like measles or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Could you just do that? Just write it in like <laughs> the C nineteen. Yeah. Check. <laughs> check. Double check. 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 <laughs> oh well. Let's uh, let's call that uh, it for the headlines because uh, I want to talk about the end of Loki. Now we have been off the air for the last little bit because uh, you know just life and summer is looking good, and we are going to take a, a little break, a little summer break, an Olympic break. But uh, uh, this week uh, Loki ended uh, much fanfare. Uh, I would say it's probably I'm going to go on record right now that yeah, it's out of the three that they've put out. This is definitely, this definitely showed Disney a few things. A, it was probably the best one they've put out and how good of a format that this Disney Plus is for their storytelling. Mm-hmm. Or or rather, it's just another arrow in their quiver, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I thought it was, I thought the whole series was great and, uh, yeah, the the end. Uh, it it uh, it it delivered. It delivered. Yep. Uh, you know. Well, let's just say spoilers from here. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the ending, I I, it's kind of it, it's it's great because that whole episode was just basically a conversation behind a de- in a desk, right? Like there wasn't really much. That's right. Yeah. There was one fight scene with Ravona and Owen Wilson's Mobius character, but it it lasted like a whole two seconds yeah yeah and then the fight at the end between loki and sylvie um but uh, because we haven't talked about this before i want to kind of go back to what i'm calling the 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 doctor who episode which was the second last episode where uh, the tom well both lokis are wandering around the the void the planetary void with the crazy cosmic life destroying ever consuming uh dog like cloud creature and the fact that only loki's seem to be able to survive on this planet <laughs> um but i yeah so the hiddleston loki is saved or befriended and saved by um four others so i see we 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 were incorrect we said three that's right by saved by four other variants um a young uh loki a older future loki uh that was the richard e grant one and this other kind of hulking uh monster of of a loki uh, and then there's the alligator Loki, which I found like honestly, it was the funniest thing. It's it's like the that's why I said it was a Doctor Who episode because everything about it was was just insane. You just had to go with it, and the fact that they were protecting the the alligator Loki at all costs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> protect the alligator Loki. 
Um, I really Lots. liked uh, Richard E. Grant's Loki, by the way. Like he he was he was like the classic sort of Loki in his appearance, right? Like the yellow, the yellow and green, yellow and green, and the bit and the and the big the horns. Bigs. Yeah. Um, and and he he goes, but it, it his his character is interesting because it's like the Loki that didn't change until the end of that episode, right? Like he became kind of bitter, bitter, lonely Loki, right? Like he he explains how he uh, got caught by the TVA and yeah, um, and uh, yeah, he he does the big change, right? Like he's he goes out in a blaze of glory, his glorious purpose. Glorious purpose, and I, 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 I love that. That, that that whole piece was great. Yeah. Um, the 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 fight of the Lokis was hilarious because the the one hulking Loki betrays the other two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With President Loki, right? I guess we'll we'll call it President Loki. Yeah, he was like yeah, President. which was played by Hiddleston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, was that was great. Um, yeah, there was so much. Um. Uh, you can tell like they they just had so much there was like so much creativity in that show and so much fun i mean there was with wandavision too but uh yeah just in different ways yeah in different ways yeah yeah um but like yeah like like wandavision you know was sort of like some fairly far out concepts by the end but it was you know it had its uh it had it it had its its shtick which was you know the the you know the the uh tv format the various various tv formats through the years so this was more just like weird ass sci-fi oh yeah (laughs) that's why that's why i called it the doctor who episode because it's (laughs) like it's like doctor who with a budget yeah Um, yeah yeah quite a budget that scene (laughs) that scene where the richard e grant loki is like conjuring like that was like conjuring up asgard yeah conjuring up asgard was incredible uh I I loved the very subtle fan service throughout that entire episode. Just the things that were appearing in this void. Um, one of them I thought that was kind of fitting was uh, it is very quick. You, you, unless you paused it and you you looked at it, was a uh, Thog, right? Thor is a oh, frog, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the jar, like he was trying to get to Molnir. <laughs> And it, it, it's one of those scenes where it's um, it, I, I, I reminded me of what the Simpsons always do when they when they kind of lower the camera and you see the layers of earth or layers of the house. And there's, you know, treasure buried somewhere in the attic in the house. But this was a uh, ground stuff, stuff, stuff. And it was Molnir uh, buried. But then there was this jar with this frog in Thor's costume. But there was a reference in that, I think, in Ragnarok. Right. Because in in the in the play with uh, Matt Damon and the other, um, uh, was it was it one of uh, was it Le- was it was it Liam? Was it yeah? Was it one of the the lesser? It was one of the brothers. Yeah, it was yeah. one of the lesser brothers yeah. of, of Helmsworth. One of the lesser Helmsworth, and he they they make comment of that, right? Remember that? oh that time mm. you turned me into a frog and oh yeah yeah. Um, and then there was uh there was an interesting one. I think this is more historical, more towards uh, uh the B D Cooper thing was the the battleship that landed while Loki was trying to uh, formulate his plan. So that was oh yeah, think, that's right. Yeah. So that was that that was a ship that was apparently that that U.S. ship that you know, uh, conspiracy theorists will say it, it actually had a cloaking device, 
So if you if you look up the name of that ship, that has something something to do with the fact that you know there's. Oh, that's a that's an interesting Easter egg. I didn't know that. Um, and then it was that 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 was it the plane or the helicopter that had Thanos's name on it, and that video game that's behind in young Thor's um, uh, throne room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's some kind of Marvel significance there as well. Um, but we also have to make note that young Thor is also the leader of the pack because he's seen, you don't see, it wasn't clear to me the, at the end of the previous episode, but he's wearing Odin's crown. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hilston makes comment, like, how are you wearing the wings? And he said he killed Thor. That's so. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the alligator is. <laughs> yeah. Like, and the fact that there was this cartoony scene where the alligator attacks president loki and bites his hand off and it's like this almost like this monty python (laughs) you know severed hand gushing blood and then this loki fight breaks out yeah yeah and uh the hiddleston uh richard e grant and young and of course the alligator loki escape because they they i guess they form a pack right um and they help him sort of, you know, as much as, well, at first, like, they just help him get to, is it, uh, what's the name of that, that dog? Eliath or? Yeah, Eliath. Yeah, something like that. And, uh, and and then they're not going to help him. They're going to help him get there and then they're going to leave because, you know, they want to survive. That's what Lokis do. But then the Richard D. Grant Loki uh, conjures up Asgard and distracts the which is not out of character because there's a scene prior to that and it was again a well done scene where they're reunited with mobius and sylvie in the void and they did it in such a good way you know like they didn't spend too much time it's just like okay we got to get them together Mm -hmm. don't need to make it overly complicated and then there's a conversation between richard e grant mobius um that kind of makes him stop and think so yeah yeah it, it, you know it makes sense um but uh yeah so then you we we're we're led to the citadel at the edge of time or end of time or at the edge of time i, I i'm not exactly i guess edge because it could mm. continues <laughs> um and uh we meet uh, a character uh he's referred to as uh the what he who remains right mm-hmm. right yeah uh and, and it, it's interesting because from that point in the final episode it's just basically setting up the larger multi-verse piece right like there wasn't any really a, a great like the the series ends on a cliffhanger mm-hmm. right both you and i said that and we were waiting for kang to show up and i was kind of glad he didn't in, in 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 any way shape or form other than a still image or whatever because i i like the fact that this whole series was about the lokis mm-hmm. and to suddenly introduce a big bad at the end would be something that a, like a dc movie would do <laughs> that's right um, so they introduce this character he's like the custodian of the timeline i, I would probably. say i would say so yeah and so he... basically his 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 mandate his self-imposed mandate is to 
um, prevent another multiverse war by containing it to one timeline. Which he's done in a bang on bang on job, but he realizes the fact that they found him. Either they kill him and they let a chaos ensue, or he says, please take over the work, take over the TVA, mm. the TVA needs to continue. Though he doesn't really beg them to do it. He just kind of gives them like a fortune cookie warning. Yeah. Like, His whole thing is sort of like, I'm good no matter either way. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, like he's just like, yeah, he doesn't want to do it anymore. So either they'll take it over or they'll kill him. Yeah. And, and, you know. and he warns them that, you know, that, that something worse than he would show up. And at that, you know, Q Kang. Mm-hmm. yeah which is played by that same actor right yeah <laughs> so, yeah so yeah. we we already know that because i think he's already accredited in uh it's gonna be wasp a... and uh yeah the, the next Ant-Man movie. yeah yeah the next ant-man wasp movie that's right so it'll take a it take a i think it'll take so that movie's not out for another year and a bit so it, it's gonna i think they're still gonna keep dropping little hints but the biggest hint was obviously when Loki finds himself in the wrong universe when he's in the TVA and Mobius doesn't know who he is. Yeah. And he looks out to that main elevator and it's not the three timekeepers, but rather one keeper. And it's, um, it's the same actor. I I should have looked up his name, but it's the same actor who played he who should remain, but he's wearing the Kang comic book costume. Yes. And I, I was talking to you before the show. I was just like, oh, I'm so glad they didn't. I hope they don't paint him. Was he was he purple? Yeah, like, yeah, blue, blue or purple face. Yeah, like yeah, Grand Admiral Thrawn, blue, yeah, blue, yeah. purple, purple costume or what, whatever. It was quite flamboyant, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> comic book, comic book, pastel oh. flamboyant. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, but you told me something that I completely missed, and that there is going to be a season two. Yes. <laughs> or they were setting up for one. Yes. So it's at the end after the credits. Uh just before they go into you know, they go into the credits where they tell you who like who the Dutch guy who played who played like Mobius, you know, like that like really so, <laughs> Right, 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 right. So uh so, yeah. so it's in that it's in that stylistic it's at the end of the stylistic credit scene. So then there's a TV the TVA file, Loki Laufison is there, and then a stack comes down. And then it says Loki will return in season two. So they confirmed season two at the end, of, like basically at the end of the the end of the show. I I I would have no problem seeing him and Owen Wilson continue. Yeah, but I, I guess mean, the... yeah, I think so. Like, like I just I think like um, there's there's so many more stories to tell, right? Like when when you're when when you when you're willing to be sort of that sort of nuts. You know, you can, there's, there's, you know, it's just the, the, the limit is the, is, you know, how creative you want to be, you know, like, like compared to something like Falcon and Winter Soldier, which also could set itself up for a sequel or whatever, but it's sort of like more of a formula of, of, of a sort of Marvel standard Marvel formula, which is fine. I enjoyed it, but like, I like it a lot more where it's just weird. And, And that was just more. Sam's realization of is America ready for a black Captain America? Right. Yeah. And, but yeah, this is going to be interesting because season two, because the show just ends in a cliffhanger. And I was, I didn't notice like you were, you were more observant than I was. Um, and I didn't read too much fanboy stuff after because I didn't need to 
hear too much backstory, but um, yeah, good for them because I, yeah, I totally can see they need to explain maybe Loki's voyage inside that specific universe. Mm -hmm. And maybe they, I, I guess it could be one of those things where it's like, it's like the Borg, right? Remember when Q sent Picard to tell him, listen, the universe is not safe. And he sends them to the Borg. Mm -hmm. And then someone, I think, uh, who, I forgot who says it at the end of the episode. Was it Data that basically says, oh, well, now the Borg know we exist. Yeah. So I have a funny feeling they might do something like that where Loki does get back to, let's just call it Earth One. Yeah. And now Kang is aware of Earth One. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, lead into all the other ones where, I don't know. I you said it the best last time when we were talking about Loki is this multi multiverse thing is it's a hard concept to even kind of grasp reading the comic books and like how do you story tell that without losing people mm -hmm. <laughs> or making it overly complicated. Yeah, and that's the task, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, I don't think that everybody who watches these shows is the hardcore comic book fan. Like, you know, like it's, there's a lot of crossover and, you know, you, you don't want to be constantly retconning, you're like using, using the um, multiverse concept to retcon or change things or bring back dead characters. Like I'm sure some of that will go on, but like it needs to make sense. It can't just be, you can't, you can't, it's not just going to be a whole bunch of people taking it on faith. It has to make sense. Otherwise they're not going to be interested. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna make a bold prediction that it might be one of those things that it'll just be like the legend of Kang. Like we won't actually see too too much of it, where it's just him conquering every single <laughs> universe, every single multiverse, wiping it out, and just obviously it's now just him and Earth One. Eventually, when they do a final showdown with him or whatever. Cause I, you're right. I, I, how do you tell that story when it, it's, but you're right. You can bring back a whole bunch of characters. You were, mm -hmm. you, you would just said you would, um, and we'll have to do a review after we, uh, we, I watch uh, black widow, but, uh, this is a one way of bringing back, um, Scar Johansson. If she wants another Marvel paycheck. Yep. Yeah. You just, uh, you know, like comics have been doing it forever, right? Like nobody stays oh. dead. They always find stupid ways to bring people back. And then one of the easiest mechanisms is just the, oh, it's the so-and-so from another you. universe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I think the, the late, the, the last one that was big press was Wolverine, right? Like I think it killed, finally, finally killed Wolverine, but I think they'll yeah. have to bring him back somehow. They, they did. Yeah. They killed Wolverine. And he was dead for a couple of years, but then there was like still like Wolverine -y people. Like I think there was old man again. There was like old man Logan who comes from like a different timeline and was somehow in there. And then they just yeah they found a way to like go to I don't know if they went to hell. I I didn't read them. I just knew it knew that they did find a way to resurrect Wolverine after a couple of years. Yeah, but, I I wouldn't be surprised somewhere along the way they 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 get Chris Evans to come back. Maybe not Robert Downey Jr. I can't... See, well, with him, it's easy, right? Because he's in the 
he's in the Iron Man suit, so you just need, really need his face to yeah. his voice. Yeah. Um, but Chris Evans, well, that's one way of bringing him back, right? They because in the original, um, in the original Civil War, he dies at the end of that. Yeah, bring in, the, in the comics, Steve, mean, yeah, yes, he yeah, does, yeah. yeah. And you know, wasn't that the the whole joke was he was living on the moon or something like that, <laughs> yeah. or his his astral, yeah. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, but uh, you're right. I I enjoyed it. I think it's it's it it got a lot of great reviews. I don't think there's always going to be people complaining about the final episode, but I think knowing that there's a season two, I think will calm people down. Um, but the the thing is, there was a lot of there was a lot of exposition in the last episode, right? Like you were saying, like a lot of it is one conversation with the he eighty percent or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. But but again, you know, let's go back to we're getting into a multiverse concept. It needs to make sense. So that exposition, like it did make it did make sense. I mean, it's still silly, but it made sense, right? Like. Like it's like there's one timeline and there's one timeline because of this. If you do this, then it will branch, you know. And yeah. it's like okay, you know, you can digest that. Well, I like the fact that the the he who is remaining isn't the original Nathaniel character that is in the comic, like the 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 thirty first century guy who he and he goes through explaining this, and I love the kind of still modeling to yeah. show uh I, I thought it was pretty well explained yeah um and, and he doesn't say anything about kang he just says that there are like bad people out there <laughs> um yeah very bad versions of himself with and that's the scary technology. thing right that's right with with the with the technology and the and the understanding of what is going on right so mm -hmm. and basically he's just like He's basically saying, "Hey, I'm a good guy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 like, you know, by wiping out tiled mines, he's essentially murdered like millions and millions of people. But you know, there's people worse than me. Worse. <laughs> I did it for a good reason. You know, there are people that you know do it for the heck of it. So it'll be interesting to see him portray the Kang character because he he's obviously going to it's different than the character he perpetrated in Loki. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was kind of like, he was kind of like losing his mind. Right. Like that character. Oh, that's like, right. You know, whereas I think that Kang will be a lot more. Um, I think, I think, I think he'll, he'll be, he'll, he, he'll be a lot, a lot, a lot more of a sort of like, you know, I don't know if he'll be like a stoic villain, but you know, he'll be, he'll be thanos -y maybe, you know, like, and I guess that's the one thing I was worried about because it's like, okay, do you portray him like Thanos? Because Thanos also had a belief system that drove he him. He did. Yeah. Um, so now you have the problem of, Oh, well he did, uh, the Goonies guy. Uh, Oh, who played Thanos? He raised the brother in the Go in Goonies. Right. Oh, yeah. um, Josh Brolin. That's right, Josh Brolin. So, yeah. do you do you channel the Josh Brolin, or do you have to? Yeah, I think he, I think he has to close it out because otherwise, you don't want you don't you don't want people to say, "Oh, it's just Thanos again." Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Thanos again with awesome tech technology and time travel and what else did Kang do? 
uh, other than like ultra high intellect and right did he yeah did he and he's powers? he's he's been he's had like uh, different incarnations like he, he's got like this later incarnation called the immortus um he's got this other incarnation like an egyptian incarnation called ramatut like hmm. i think and i think it all sort of stems from his mastery of time i think his mastery of time is his you know i think he's just a dude who's mastered time sort of thing and he like super smart yeah 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 so um no i i I, i'm i'm ready to enjoy the ride a bit more um so that's it for a few weeks for the disney plus stuff so the what ifs start in august Mm -hmm. so their first animated series with um with the voice actors from that that portrayed those characters so it's not like any other kind of cartoon where they're like, I guess the star Wars cartoon, right? They're not going to bring those actors in to play the the animated version of themselves. But I think Disney did because these, what ifs are just like in the comics, right? They're, they're Mm -hmm. one shot issue, uh, issue per issue. I I used to love what reading them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I'm sure that run will go into when Shang Chi, comes out in september and then um we'll roll into eternals (laughs) lots of stuff man so much content yeah yeah and uh yeah you can watch and black widow is available right now Uh, oh yeah i'm gonna pay for it but uh or go what's the what's the cost it's like it's it's not cheap it's like 34 bucks no no honestly that's cheap and you get like to watch if, it as many times as you want when with you that watch movie. it as yeah you watch it as many times as you want and how far access do you have advanced access do you have is it, is it it's it's measured in months right yeah and then it so becomes you, available on Disney Plus for everyone but yeah yeah you get a huge head start but okay other than the big screen unless Curtis you and Heather has have bought something <laughs> recently yeah. but the two of the two of you let's just say either parking or TTC Mm-hmm. two tickets mm-hmm. food here's you're, one other thing Larry. here's another another cost i refuse to see these days anything that's not vip well then you're in a small <laughs> screen anyway so so you're already up let's just say the two of you it's it's probably 50 60 bucks yeah i'm getting wine in. i'm getting wine i'm getting food i'm going to vip and you get to watch it once and you get to watch it so once. So really, I th- I think it's priced accordingly. I think so. I think so. Like you know, <clears throat> it's two of us, right? So yeah, yeah. You can pause it. No one's kicking the back of your seat, which doesn't happen in VIP. Ad. That's why I go to VIP. But uh, um, yeah, yeah. You have full control over it. And then if you want to watch it again, you know how back in the day, like you used to try to sneak into the movie to watch it a second time, like. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't clear out, or you try to hide with a guy. Or you, guy you, you, you hide, you hide in the what the, the 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 when the old theaters had multiple exits, right? So you just right. kind of tuck yourself in, and that's right, whatever. yeah, tuck yourself into an exit. You know, now <laughs> now you don't have to worry about about getting caught and embarrassing yourself. No, I, I think they they're smart. It's priced accordingly, and hey. If you're not comfortable going to a theater, it's it's a great way of doing it, I think. Mm-hmm. I, and then didn't they have like some crazy 
opening weekend like uh when, when it did open last weekend didn't they have they do crazy crazy numbers yeah from what like i know heard. people are diving dying they go back to the theater but yeah i think in in all revenue i think they did quite well from what i understand the opening weekend did 80 million box office and then 60 million streaming but you have to count that in total so i i think that that must be breaking all records yeah well i think 60 million streaming is alone is a pretty impressive number oh yeah no it's good yeah well uh so as we set off the top uh we're taking a little summer break let's just say uh courtesy of doing the olympics uh but it's also a good time for us to take kind of take a break and recharge and find those great articles i'm thinking about uh we're we're due for another visit by mtg moxman yeah and uh i know that uh stone cold stevie d i i believe is back in toronto so maybe we can have him uh come and actually read our headlines in his uh in his cbc voice that would be hilarious if we can get him to read our ridiculous headlines that would be that would be great great. (laughs) he's got he's got a great delivery I, I I know I you know I, I we, we should I, yeah we totally should should get him to do that that'll be hilarious yeah, yeah. a little bit um so uh we'll probably be back let's just say let's just kind of take a guess uh, mid to late August mm-hmm. so sometime before quote unquote September school starts uh and uh you know what we I we play it but we should probably talk about before we cut to it as it's probably playing right now um is our podcast theme song which is by the corporate valentines this is working from home uh you know get a little plug because we do hear it and we, we never get to talk about it. so curtis where did the uh obviously the 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 source of the song came from all of us working from home but uh any any insight that you can tell us about the the song yeah like this so uh, the corporate valentines last year we put out an album uh it was a covid19 related album so there's 19 tracks not all of them are about covid pandemic stuff like some of them are about like stuff that but it's all stuff that kind of happened that year and working from home was like basically the inspiration was taking care of business so what if it was like taking care of business like what if randy bachman was like writing taking care of business but he had been but he he had a home office and been working from home so that's that was that was the inspiration for for working from home it's 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 taking care of business for the COVID era It, it, it is catchy I, I love I love the I love the uh, Nintendo Switch corn chips on my lap line. That, that that's my favorite. No, there's nothing in that song that I haven't done while at work. <laughs> that's excellent. All right. Well, you know, besides the break, you can catch Curtis and I on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Uh, so we'll be back uh, in August sometime. So. Uh, we'll all talk to you then and catch up then. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. Working from home, Zoom meeting at night. Working from home, Zoom drinks at five. Working from home, take you out for lunch. Working from home.